giant robots smashing into other giant robots. This is Giant Robots Smashing into Other Giant Robots, a weekly podcast discussing the design, development, and business of great software. Hosted by me, ThoughtBot CEO Chad Pytel, and a rotating cast of fellow developers, designers, and entrepreneurs. On today's episode, I'm joined by Kim Goldburn, a designer in ThoughtBot's New York City studio. Kim and I discussed her side projects, her work at ThoughtBot, and her recent win of a Webby Award. So at ThoughtBot, I do everything from strategy to visual design to UX to a little bit of uh, front-end development as well, and also touching a little bit of the back-end. And in my spare time, I also work on a lot of different side projects, which um, really come from experiences that I've had or just things that I want to express. A lot of people have just sort of called me um, an artist in tech because it's really just based on what I want to do versus this is going to sound really bad, but what the world needs. Um, so that's that's me in a nutshell. I'm curious. Um, we ask a lot of designers in terms of, like you said, doing great visual design, user experience, implementing your own work, being a front-end developer, essentially. How did those pieces come together for you? It's, it's very weird. I can't pinpoint a moment where I just knew it was for me. Mm-hmm. So back in high school, my friends were designing like a lot of flyers for parties. And I somehow thought that that was going to be my thing, um, which is what led me to study graphic design um, at the Savannah College of Art and Design. Um, and then there in my sophomore year, uh, my mother wanted a website. And so I was going to design it, but then there was nobody to build it. Uh, so I just decided that summer that I would pick up this big book on JavaScript and, and HTML and CSS and figure it out. Um, and since then, I've just really enjoyed solving problems on my own. Um, and then in that respect as well, I enjoy coming up with ideas. And I think I enjoy the independence of being able to execute them on my own. So I've always just wanted to figure out everything from start to finish. And I've just kept going from there. That's great. And you've been at ThoughtBot how long? It's officially a year tomorrow, actually, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> so yeah, congratulations. What were you doing before ThoughtBot? So before ThoughtBot, I was at Ogilvy. And how is being at ThoughtBot and the work you do here different than what you were doing before? <laughs> oh, that's a loaded question. It's very different. <laughs> um, so I've primarily worked at agencies before this. Um, Ogilvy is an advertising agency. And before that, I was at, um, they called themselves more of a creative agency. And then before that was RGA, which is also an ad agency. And it's very different from a product consultancy because, so at Ogilvy, we're mostly working on either marketing websites or um, if there is some interesting digital idea that the team wants to execute, then I was on the front end team that would help execute that. And I was always solely just a developer at all of my previous roles. Mm -hmm. So this is the first time I've, ever been able to do both design and dev and even be in the room from the beginning, you know, and have conversations with the clients and sort of see um, what they want and what they need. And then we're also building products here, you know, that will last forever versus just, you know, some gimmick to make people happy for like a day, which is also cool, but. (laughs) It blew my mind when we first talked and still does today that you were only a developer at those (laughs) those previous places. Like the idea that given your design talent, the fact that you weren't doing that or weren't allowed to (laughs) uh, really blew me away. Like, Thank you, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, in a good way. Right. (laughs) And is that ultimately part of the reason why you decided to move to ThoughtBot and something different? Yeah, 
from the first job that I had, actually, no, the second job, the first job I was a developer and I thought, oh, this is great. This is the life. And then I started at a smaller company. And because of that, I was like one of only two developers. And I thought I had more of a voice. And they also knew that I liked to design, but because they had designers and they needed more dev work than they did design work, it was never really considered like, oh, maybe Kim can help with some of these things. So since then, I've just like really tried to find, I actually wanted to find like a design role and not even a developer role. Mm -hmm. But I think also at that point, I don't think my design portfolio was as strong. So I think when I finally got to interview here at ThoughtBot, um, it was like the worlds finally collided. Like my design was finally on point. You know, I'm pretty good at code. And then you guys wanted all of the above. I was like, yes, Mm -hmm. thank you. (laughs) I think if there's one thing, and I'm curious on your perspective of this, that maybe sometimes one negative about ThoughtBot is we go the other way. Is like we ask, instead of people putting people in little boxes (laughs) and saying, this is your area, you don't go outside of it. You know, we have people in each role. We're the opposite. And so we ask a lot of individuals, especially designers, to be able to execute at all levels of product. Do you feel that? I do, but what's, I guess, interesting or sad or weird about me is that that is exactly why I love working here is because because of that reason that like I do like to execute everything from start to finish. So for you to tell me that Kim, you need to wear all the hats and be like, thank you, I would love to wear all the hats. <laughs> um, so it may be a negative for some people, but for me, it's it's one of the biggest reasons why I love working here. Yeah. And you take that work uh, and wearing all the hats, it seems like, to your side projects as well, right? Right, which it, it's interesting because here I work on more client-based projects where you know the products have to live on and they have to act, eventually make money and be validated and stuff like that. Whereas with my projects, um, I don't care about those things as much. So it's been interesting to sort of like take the learnings from what I've been doing here and utilize that in my own work. Mm-hmm. It seemed like you set a goal for yourself at the beginning of the year. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. So I've been making a lot of projects that are basically just free (laughs) for everyone. And I really just wanted to concentrate on seeing if I can make a product that's of value to somebody else that they would actually pay for. So that's Mm -hmm. just like a goal that I set for myself. Mm -hmm. And then to also work on areas that I'm still um, sort of figuring out, like marketing, user research and stuff like that. So I've been trying to focus on that side of things more. But you made a promise to yourself not to work on freelance work? Yes, because the more freelance projects that I did and the bigger they got, the less time I had um, on mm-hmm. the side that is for, for my work. So, mm-hmm. How did that sort of like goal setting work for you? Was there a moment in time where you said, like, this is enough and I want to do this for 2017? Or how did that work? I was in physical therapy class. <laughs> And I was sitting on the treadmill and I, well, tread, I wasn't sitting on the treadmill. I was sitting on this weird bicycle thing. Anyway. Yeah, say, sitting on the treadmill is probably <laughs> right. not the, it's a, there's a reason why you were in class. You didn't know how to use right. a treadmill. <laughs> exactly. Um, I had like, I think three or four freelance projects at that point. And it was just really stressing me out and not in mm-hmm. a good way. Um, so even though I enjoy working, I don't enjoy working to be stressed out. <laughs> so I just decided that I would do something different in 2017 and mm-hmm. see, see where that took me. I suppose you could have done something that wasn't design and development work, right? Like you could have said, <laughs> I want to take up knitting. Yep. <laughs> 
Which is a good point. Every time somebody asks me what my hobbies are, there I have no other response except building websites. <laughs> right. Or just making products. Yeah, I'm the same way. So I don't fault you for that. So I also cool don't really have any saying. friends. So <laughs> that helps. Well, my friends are starting to hate me. So I think we're in the same boat. <laughs> <laughs> so one of your projects, which you won a Webby Award for recently. Congratulations. Thank you. So did, I can't remember if you've ever lived in New York before. But, I never um, have, no. Okay. Well, renting in New York is not fun at all, especially when it's your first time and you have no idea what you're doing. There's just so many different facets to it that you just, you won't know until you're in it. And it was just an extremely frustrating experience for me because I came from Savannah where I was paying like $700 in rent for like a two bedroom house, two stories. And then to come here to find that same number would give me like a box with no bathroom and maybe a, maybe a fridge. <laughs> so it's just extremely frustrating. Um, so I started a, like a mini blog, which also had like a mini resources section back when I first moved here. Um, it wasn't the prettiest thing. <laughs> So for some reason, two years later, when I was moving again, once again, I went through the same frustrating experience. So I decided to rebuild the whole thing and sort of make it this interactive guide for other people like me, first time renters in New York. And uh, that's at bitterrenter.nyc. .nyc. So you built that. And then did you know that it was going to win a Webby Award? <laughs> of course not. I wish. <laughs> How did that how did that happen? Like was it super popular? Or did you build it and realize that it was really popular? It actually was. When I first launched it, I did not expect people to care that much. Anytime I build things, I'm just like, oh, this is so cool. I'm just gonna build it and launch it and then yay. Um, but I'm always surprised when there's actually people out there that appreciate the thing that I've built. So when I first launched it, um, it had a lot of traction and a lot of people wanted it for their cities as well. So that was fun. And I think, I don't know, I just had this moment where I felt like I finally built something that I felt proud of enough to submit to the Webbies. I've, I think I've always wanted to submit to the Webbies, but I've mm -hmm. never built a thing that was worthy of the Webbies, I thought. So when I did that, I just, I remembered about the Webby deadline and I just went for it. So what was the process like from there? Um, so you just fill out a simple application. Um, there's like a thousand categories that you have to choose from. So mm -hmm. that's, that wasn't easy. <laughs> but um, so you do that and then you submit it and then you wait like, I think I did this last year, November, I think. And we didn't find out until April. So then you just sort of like forget about it because it's it's going to be a long time before you get a response on anything. Right. And then they tell you that you're a nominee. And then if you're a nominee, I think there's about like five nominees and you um, enter in this People's Voice Award. So you can either win like the official Webby or a People's Voice Award. So we got that notification and I was surprised. I mean, I, I was hoping, I was like crossing my fingers that like nobody really did real estate websites. So I would be, you know, mm -hmm. ho hopefully a nominee. So I was a nominee and then the People's Voice Award. And then I noticed that Zillow was just going to take the win. So I just like gave up. I was just like, well, I'm glad to be a nominee. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was you, a bitter renter. Right. Zillow. Mm -hmm. Who were the mm -hmm. other nominees? Uh, there was Nooklin, and I honestly cannot remember the other two. Mm -hmm. Nooklin was the only one I remembered. Yeah. So then, then what happened? Well, I was in the bottom five. Um, yeah. and top five. I, sorry, top, top five. <laughs> but I was number five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
and I only did like one or two days of oh guys vote for me right. but Zillow had like 50% yeah, you, you of all the votes. Yeah, you were place for the people's choice, you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. And then I think was it maybe a week or two later where I randomly was working from home that day and I I got a package and I was like this is weird why do I have a package <laughs> and so the package was oh my god you're a Webby Award winner and I was like no way <laughs> <laughs> so I had a mini freakout session in my apartment yeah so it was great <laughs> so that part of the process there's a panel of judges or something yeah, so there's an Academy of International. I don't remember the name of the mm-hmm. the academy, uh, but there's an Academy of like I guess world renowned designers or people in tech or product owners and stuff like that um, that sort of judge all of the submissions. Um, so the first, so the People's Voice is where us general public we get to vote on it, and then the actual Webby, the Academy, votes on it. What was the time difference between when you found out that you were going to win and when the actual award was? This So I think I found out, I want to say like April 25th. It was sometime in the end of April. My mm-hmm. memory is the worst. And then the award ceremony was, that was last Monday. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. two weeks ago. Two, two weeks, weeks ago, ago, Monday. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was about like, I think two or three weeks yeah. in between. And where was the award ceremony? It was in New York. Oh, that was convenient, right? Yeah. Oh, of course. Of course. It was great. (laughs) Because the tickets were also not cheap, which is. Wait, did you have to buy your own ticket? No. Luckily, I thought I I was going to have to because I didn't see my coupon. Um, But no, you got like one ticket, but just one. Yeah. So I couldn't bring a friend, which is not fun. (laughs) (laughs) So you, you were completely alone? No, so let's say there's like, I think, four or five tiers of tickets you could get. Um, The coupon I had was for the second tier. Mm -hmm. So I used that coupon to buy like two lower tier tickets and then just have my friend like pay the rest (laughs) rest of it, which wasn't too bad. So so. I've never been to the Webbies. I don't know what the ceremony is like. So paint a word picture for me. This was my first time at any sort of award ceremony, too. So it's very interesting. So people are dressed up, I think, way too much because this is the Internet, but that's okay. So <laughs> it's almost like you're going to the Met Gala, but it's just people that build things online. Um, there was a red carpet. You check in at the front. They give you a pin. Some people get to stop in front of the video cameras and take pictures mm-hmm. and do interviews. I was not one of those people. <laughs> do, they tell, <laughs> do they tell the people who are going to stop that they're See, one of the people? I don't know because so I just walked just in and they, and... You, the first time you walked in is the check-in area. And then mm-hmm. if you walked further, then that's where like the cameras were and like the backsplash and everybody mm-hmm. was taking pictures and talking. But I was, I guess, told to just turn right. <laughs> so, <laughs> just go in, miss. <laughs> yeah. So then I went straight into the building and this was down by Wall Street. So there's a lot of big fancy buildings down there. The architecture inside was amazing. I wish I could tell you the times it was from, but I do not remember um, my architectural history classes at all. (laughs) Uh, But it was incredible. There was initially a sort of a networking um, event initially for like an hour. Um, So you can get drinks, get comfortable. You'd walk in and see all of the tables. And then that sort of like drinks were happening like one level above. Mm -hmm. And everybody was just like extremely well-dressed. And I did not feel... (laughs) Like I belong there because I did not wear any any of my fancy couture outfits. So, <laughs> <laughs> 
and it was I it was very intimidating I would say it was very hard to meet people because everybody was already sort of in their groups because I'm assuming mm-hmm. they came with their companies um, so it was just a lot of drinks a lot of wine a lot of whiskey I think there was a whiskey brand that sponsored the event it seems like and then so after an hour um, we got an announcement oh the Webby Awards is about to start everyone take your seats and there's like a hundred tables um, and I only know that because I was 91 and I was all the way on the right side where people could pass and brush against my shoulder. <laughs> so that was that was fun. That's what you get for getting the lower chair ticket. Uh, you couldn't see the stage from where I was. Um, that's how big, I guess, the ballroom was. Um, but they did have two really big screens that you could watch the stage from. So that was great. Mm-hmm. So then, of course, you had your MC for the night or your host for the night. He was trying very hard to be funny, but that's okay. <laughs> and then they would present all of the award, not all of the awards. So a select few of people got their awards on stage. Mm-hmm. So they were able to do their five word speech, which was also a very interesting tidbit about it is that you can only say five words. Wow. <laughs> Did everyone uh, do that or did people break the rules? Yes, everybody did. I think there was like one person that added on like two extra words. Oh. And I'm like, why are you breaking the rules right now? <laughs> but yeah, I think everybody pretty much followed it. Mm-hmm. Was everybody's interest in? Not necessarily, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but everybody tried to say something funny. Right. And you were one of those people or no? No. So right. so luckily, the day before, you actually get to record your, um, your five-word speech and get your photo taken. So they played everybody's five-word speech on the screens, but not everybody went on stage. Right. I'm not sure what, what club you have to be in, but... Right. But that's in the interest of time, I presume, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Right. And she told me there was like three ways to get on stage, but I didn't really care to get on stage. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always that fourth way of run the up r- on right. stage <laughs> in the middle of the show. That This is true. I not. I don't think there would have been anybody to stop me, so I, I could have done that. But I was also far away, so they yeah. would have had time to stop me. <laughs> <laughs> they would have just seen you. What right. Is she, what is she doing? <laughs> Though I did do track in high school, so maybe I could have made Ooh. it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> So yeah, and I mean that was it for like two hours. They also served dinner, which was which was really great. Um, mm-hmm. The dinner wasn't too bad after all, and we were seated at a table of like maybe eight people. So unless you sat at like your company's table, you were definitely gonna like meet people you've never spoken to before, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I met a few people from a few different companies who were also like somewhere from here and somewhere actually from I think the Netherlands. We met two two guys from the Netherlands. And then after that, we had the after party where Quest Love played. So that was fun. And that was like jam packed. Like internet people know how to party. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, eventually you would decide, all right, I think I'm done going home. <laughs> yeah. So who was the most famous person that you saw? So I think. Um, that can mean most internet famous too. That's mean. fair. There weren't many um, famous people there, I would say, or at least famous that I knew, I guess. So Solange was there, and Jillian Michaels, the lead actress and actor of The X-Files, oh. if you've ever watched that show. Jillian Anderson. So the, Jillian Anderson. I always mess up her last name. <laughs> so uh, she and the co-star was there, and then you had the organizers of the um, Women's March um, I think those were the ones that like stood cool. out to me the most. So uh, are you working on something for the Webbies to win next year? <laughs> I 
I'm actually so the app that I'm creating now, the new side project that I'm working on. It's actually looking pretty good, so I might actually enter it. So we'll see. Yeah. So can you talk about that? <laughs> sure. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll give some backstory first. So because I I work so much, I don't go out a lot. And if I go out, it's usually to a place I've been to before or wherever my friends drag me. And I've been trying to sort of experience new things um, since most of my work is inspired by new experiences that I've had. But it's it's hard because I get so lazy trying to like parse through the internet of all the things to do in New York. So I had this idea of, oh, what if I did like a challenge where people would get one new experience a week for six weeks and then they could explore New York without having to think about it. So that's the project that I'm working on right now. Um, mm-hmm. And it's called No Questions Asked. Is it just web or is it mobile? It's going to be just a mobile app. Mm -hmm. Um, In the interest of time, I don't think I'm going to build a full web version for it. Right. And what are you using to build that? Good question, Chad. So, you know, I really want to use React Native, Mm -hmm. but this is supposed to launch in July and I've never built anything in React before, which I'm learning right now. And I tried building a mini app this week and I've already realized that like it's not going to be a cakewalk. <laughs> so, and that was React. That wasn't even React Native. Mm-hmm. So I'm still considering the options. Um, so React Native is one. And then if not, I might just roll back to PhoneGap and Angular since I've had experience with that before. Yeah, another one to look at would be Ionic. Um, right. Which uses, I think that uses HTML and CSS too. Yeah. And you're not going to necessarily get the full native experience all the time with every single element, but I've seen good things from it. From Ionic? Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll look into that one too. It's like which whichever one is like easier for me to get started <laughs> with, basically. <Yeah. laughs> one of the things that we're working at or in thinking about doing more React Native at ThoughtBot is the idea of using some of what we can do on the web because react native is a lot like web technologies where we have templates and the idea of like hey we have some templates that are standard paradigms or standard user interfaces that you can then sort of generate and then modify and customize i think there's an area there's a possibility of doing that in a way that really hasn't been done before with ios and android that sounds very interesting and yeah. I would, <laughs> once I understand React Native, sounds like something I'd be interested in seeing. <laughs> yeah, but it's not going to be ready by the time you need it. No. <laughs> it's like, is this ready tomorrow? Can I use it yeah. now? <laughs> no, no, sorry. So I, if it's not obvious, I sort of, I follow you on Twitter. Uh, I think Instagram, maybe. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I log into the ThoughtBot Instagram account, so I don't actually use Instagram as myself. I use okay, it as that ThoughtBot. makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, <laughs> But one of the things you do is you post inspirational quotes and that kind of thing. Is that stuff that comes across you or you do you seek that out? So it's it's both. Um, these days I've been seeking it out just because that's what I want to post more on Instagram. But it's it's definitely both. And that's just because like I myself need inspiration all the time. So <laughs> I just love it. So Yeah, why do you wh- why? <laughs> <laughs> why? Why do you like inspiration? Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> 
I mean, I feel like there's no answer to this that doesn't sound like insecure or not confident in mm-hmm. my abilities. <laughs> but I don't know. It just sort of gives me a little push every day to like do better, or be better, work harder. And I just, I don't know. I like cheesy motivational things that push me in the right direction, even if they're cheesy. And obviously somebody just wrote that to, to get some attention. I don't know. <laughs> Well, if that's what you need, I think the cheesy motivational things are working for you because you're creating a lot of really cool stuff. So keep it up. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, Kim, if people want to get in touch with you or follow you on the Instagram, on the Twitter, how might they do that? Um, So I am at Made by Born, M-A-D-E-B-Y-B-O-U-R-N on both Twitter and Instagram. That's great. Thank you so much for doing this. And it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for having me. It's been awesome. Today's show was produced and edited by Tom Obarski. You can get the show notes for today's episode at giantrobots.fm slash 242. Thanks for listening.